The book of James in your Bibles this morning, very close to the end of your Bible. Hebrews, James, then First and Second Peter, John, Jude, Revelation. It's a little book. In my Bible, I can hold it in just three pieces of paper. The book of James, chapter number 3. While you're turning there, I've got a few things I want you to, to think about. Maybe some of these you've heard, maybe some of them you haven't. But have you ever uh, heard someone say that there are rules when it comes to conversation? You know, with who you're talking to, with things you should say, things you shouldn't say, and how to, how to be a good conversationalist. Uh, it's funny that we come up with these because we try to teach them, teach them to our children. I remember one I heard all the time when I was a kid. You have two ears, you have one mouth. How many of you have heard this one? Right? What does that mean? You should listen twice as much as you should speak, right? You know, we, we've heard that one. Maybe that's why God wanted me to be a preacher, because he knows I like to talk, right? And you know, we have these, we have these, conver- these, these rules of conversation, and they, one of them that, that, that I had to learn, and I actually, I learned this one because I was, I, I remember that when it happened, I was 17-ish, didn't have a girlfriend, you know? That was a big point, didn't have a girlfriend. I didn't even know how to talk to a girl. And I remember I had this teacher, and he wasn't too much older than me. I was 17. He was like 25 or something. He, this was kind of the first, the first job he had, I guess, working with young people in this way. And he said, he's like, guys, it's like if you want to talk to somebody, you need to learn to ask questions. He says, you know, you probably won't even understand why you're asking them, but you need to ask them. And I'm thinking, I'm like, what do you mean? He said, well, you got to think, man. He says, if, if, you, if a girl that you like, you want to talk to her, she comes back from a shopping mall and she says, hey, I picked out this, this, and this. You're going to say, okay, you know, you're going to be a guy. You don't care. He said, but if you're going to want this girl to talk to you, you need to ask her, well, did you get a good deal? Did you get the color you want? You know, was it, was it in the size that you were looking for? And he says, you're not going to care about any of this, but you need to learn to ask the questions. And I said, well, okay. And I remember that night we all went out as a high school class. There was like seven of us. And so we all went out to, I think it was uh, some kind of steakhouse. And I remember me and two other guys that was sitting kind of next to us. And we said, you know, we're going to try this. And man, we actually were able to have a conversation with a girl. I thought, man, this stuff works. You know, I thought, wow, I'm learning, I'm learning how, to, how to have a conversation, you know. And so some people, they would say, when you are talking, if you're in a group of people, you shouldn't speak for more than, what is it, two minutes at a time? Because like after two minutes, they're done. You know, well, what's another one? Um, you know, advice that's not asked for is advice that's not wanted. You know, how, how many times have you seen a guy that's trying to hang a picture frame and then someone comes up and says, let, let me tell you how to do it. I don't want your help. I just want to be able to hang this picture. Right. And so we have these these rules. And, you know, it's funny. So many of the things that we use and that we do to, to talk and relate with one another, they all come down to one thing. And folks, this one thing can be your best friend. Or it can be your worst enemy. Folks, that is our tongue. That is our tongue. Isn't it amazing how much of a blessing that we can have with our words and how much of a firestorm that we can cause with our words? It is amazing how much of a good relationship we can have just by having a good conversation with someone, being friendly. And then, man, if you want to be a jerk to someone, there again, using that tongue, we can lash out and we can cause so much hurt and so much pain. Folks, that's what we're going to talk about this morning, is our tongue. You know, the Bible specifically says something about our tongue. One preacher, I'll never forget, this was an example that he used. He said he got up in the pulpit, he was getting ready to start preaching. He said, folks, I'm going to tell you something. He kind of looked at him, he said, this morning I'm going to tell you who is the absolute worst member in this church. And everyone stopped. 
you know, kind of looking around, who, you know, it's going to be me, who is it? And everyone's thinking, oh, I know who it is, you know. And then he says, that is the member of our bodies, the tongue. And everyone says, oh, okay, you know. But it's, it's kind of true. And the Bible has some very good stuff for us to learn. And some of it, by the way, it's a little bit scary when you think about it. Let's go ahead and jump in. We're, by now, we should be in James chapter number 3. Let's look at what the Bible has to say about having our body tamed with our tongue. Verse number 1. My brethren, be not many masters knowing that we shall receive the greater condemnation. For in many things we offend all. You know, we can be an offensive people sometimes, and we can do that in many different ways, whether it be fighting or, you know, being dishonest or whatever. For in many things we offend all. If any man offend not in word, okay, he's not being offensive in his speech. If any man offend not in word, the same is a perfect man. Now, that doesn't mean sinless, okay? That means complete. That means this guy, he's got it together. He is a perfect man and able also to bridle the whole body. Behold, we put bits in the horse's mouths that they may obey us, and we turn about their whole body. Behold, also the ships, which though they be so great, are driven of fierce winds, yet are they turned about with a very small helm. Whithersoever the governor listeth. Even so, the tongue is a little member and boasteth great things. Behold now, or excuse me, behold how great a matter a little fire kindleth. And the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. So is the tongue among our members that it defileth the whole body. And it setteth on fire the course of nature. And it is set on fire of hell. For every kind of beast and of birds and of serpents and of things in the sea is tamed and hath been tamed of mankind. But the tongue can no man tame. It is an unruly evil full of deadly poison. Therewith bless we, excuse me, therewith bless we God, even the Father, and therewith curse we men, which are made after the similitude of God. Out of the same mouth proceedeth blessings and cursings. My brethren, these things ought not to be so. Doth a fountain send forth at the same place sweet water and bitter? Can the fig tree, my brethren, bear olive berries, either a vine of figs? So can no fountain both yield salt water and fresh. Our Heavenly Father, I pray that you would help us this morning understand the matter of our tongue and what it is that we're about to learn here in the book of James that you've provided for us. Lord, help us to understand how we can have control over our speech and those around us and how unruly it is. And Lord, I pray that you would just work in our hearts and minds to help us to be better servants of you. We love you, Father, and it's in your name we ask these things. Amen. Well, folks, if you read what the Bible is saying about your tongue, at first glance, it's kind of scary. I mean, we saw some pretty harsh words in there. We, the Bible talked about how our tongue can cause a wildfire. It says our tongue can kind of spit forth poison. That's a, that's a pretty descriptive figure. You know, I think about poison. I'm thinking of, you know, like a rattlesnake or something. You know, that can cause some pretty, pretty harsh things. And then it says with the same tongue, we can, we can have blessings and we can speak good words and, and we can bless God. And then all of a sudden we'll turn around and curse other men. So what is it that we need to learn? What is the Bible going to teach us here? Well, folks, let's jump in and see some stuff that we can understand. First, I want to show you is this, that... The tongue is kind of the tongue is kind of a test. And this is by way of introduction. The tongue is kind of a test of what's going on in the inside. 
Have you ever noticed that? Have you ever, have you ever talked to someone on the phone? And it's amazing the way, we, the way we learn these things. You're talking to someone on the phone, and automatically, when they pick up the phone, hello, you can tell if this person's having a good day or a bad day. Yeah, have you, you ever noticed that? I, I told you guys, I used to, uh, I, I used to work you know, as a salesman. I worked with Verizon Wireless and stuff. And it was amazing how many times I had to call customer service throughout the day. And as soon as I dialed the number and the person picked up on the phone, I knew if it was going to be a good phone call or a bad phone call. Because I could tell if they've had a good day or if they've had a bad day. And, you know, it's, it's amazing the way we can read people just by the way they speak. You know, you walk into a room and you can just, oh, you can, you can just by what you're hearing, the words that are being said, you can tell if this person's in a good mood, if this person's in a bad mood. And, you know, what comes out of our mouth shows what's going on inside. Now, usually we don't think about that. But it's, it's a window to see what's going on inside of us. If a person is, man, they're, they're angry and they're just a hateful and bitter person, well, you're going to hear it. And you know, sometimes we have a pretty good job of, or we do a good job of putting on our smiling faces, you know, and making sure that we're happy when we're supposed to be. You know, most of the time, probably when you're talking to a salesman that's having a bad day, he can put on a smile to make sure he makes a sale, can he? But when he gets home and he's around his wife and kids, they know exactly the kind of person he is because he takes that mask off. Folks, the Bible tells us, and this is a really neat thing. Look at verse number two. It says, if any man offend not in word, as in no one is offended by his speech, he is not giving out any of those signals, the same is a perfect man. He's complete. He is able to bridle the whole body. You know, if you spend enough time around someone, you will know the kind of person that he is based off of the way he speaks based off of the, the, the words that he says, the attitude he has when he's speaking, the things that he talks about, you'll know the kind of person he is. All the other stuff, if he's angry, he's flailing his arms about, if he's a fighter, well, you would have already known that based off the kind of words he says. I mean, you ever heard the expression, hey, those are fighting words. Well, you know he's a fighter because of the things he was just saying. It's amazing. So if we are someone that already you see someone, you know they're a good person, you know that based off of what's coming out of their mouth. You know that person's a godly person based off what's coming out of their mouth. Sometimes you know that person that he's, who, man, that person's a snake. He's kind of, he's sneaky. I've known him long enough to know what he's saying or not. He's, you know that. So here's how we're going to learn. We're going to learn about how we can handle our tongues and what we do about it. Number one is this. We need to understand the power of our tongue. We need to understand the power that's in our tongues. I know we don't think about our tongue being so powerful because you'll see these competitions with these, you know, these big strong men. They'll have these great feats of strength. But then we never realize how strong just our tongue really is. You know, there, there was this, and I wish I remembered who said it, but he used to say the pen is mightier than the sword, right? The words that can be said, the things that can be accomplished. Look at how powerful the, the, our tongue is. Verse number two at the end of it. It says, we are able to bridle the whole body. If he's able to do his tongue that way. Verse number three, behold, we put bits in the horse's mouths that they may obey us and we turn about their whole body. Now, here's the picture. And it's a pretty good picture when you think about it. Horses are powerful creatures. I mean, strong, especially when you get some of these horses that, man, you're standing up to, you're just like, wow, just an incredible, amazing beast. But you take that piece of metal and you put it in their mouth, and if that horse has been tamed, which we know men can tame horses, well, that bit, they can lead that horse wherever they want it to go. 
I mean, it's just a small piece of metal. Nothing really to it. But with that small piece of metal, you can unleash and you can harness and control the power that's within that horse. Folks, that is the same way that our tongues are. It might be one of the smallest pieces of our body. But I'm going to tell you something. Your tongue, it can control what's going on in the business world around you. It can control what's going on at your home. Your tongue can control how much joy is in your household. Your tongue can control how successful you are with your friends and with your other relationships. Your tongue has that power. I know we don't think about it. Usually we try to say, well, I just need to do this. Boy, if I should, if I should just do this. Every bit of that comes through your speech. You talk to a good salesman, he's going to be a good salesman because of how well he's able to communicate through his tongue. And folks, you want a good relationship with your husband? You want a good relationship with your wife? Is your tongue having a big part of that? Absolutely it is. I mean, when you wake up in the morning, if you look over at your wife and you say, good morning, honey, I love you. Man, that's, that could set a mood for the whole day. But if you wake up on the wrong side of the bed, and man, you're just all ready to kick the dog because you weren't ready to get out of bed that morning. You're saying some things you shouldn't say. That has already set the mood for your household and for the rest of the day because of your tongue. Folks, it's a small piece, but it will control so much that's going throughout the day. He gives us another example. Look at verse number four. Behold also the ships, which though they be so great are driven of fierce winds. Yet are they turned about with a very small helm, whethersoever the governor listeth, or the captain of the ship. You know, it was, it was really amazing to me to learn the way some of these new ships are driven today. Uh, I, I don't know what if it's just... It's something that fascinates me. I love going online and looking at some of these huge ships and how big they are. There was a ship that's, that's decommissioned now. I think it was in 2009 they got rid of it. But they had it several different names based off of who was running it. But it was the biggest moving vessel ever created by, by mankind. It was a steel ship. It was a big tanker. And it is taller than the, or excuse me, longer than the Empire State Building is tall. I mean, just, just a huge boat. And man, you saw pictures of this thing. When they, when they filled it up, it would sink down into the water, you know. And, and the amazing thing is this. They are able to control that boat with a few buttons or maybe even, you know, a little joystick. I was watching one, some of these cruise ships. You'll have this captain, you know, and, and the captain doesn't even usually drive the boat anymore. He's just kind of in charge. But the guy that's actually driving the ship, he's got a little handle, you know, the size of your thumb. And he'll push it forward. Okay, now we need to get this boat to go sideways. He'll push a button, you know, put it in drive, whatever he needs to do. You know, and then he'll push that thing. He'll make the whole boat go sideways this way, push it forward and back. And it's such a small piece. But that little bitty thing can control this massive piece of steel. And back in this day, they might have had the electronics, but they would have this massive boat. And they can control where this ship is going to go with just, just a little oar or with, you know, the helm that would be that, that steering wheel. Nothing much to it. But they can control that. Ladies and gentlemen, the way your life is going to go is controlled the very same way by your tongue. Think of this. Think of all the things that you have said that as soon as you said them, oh, man, I wish I could take that back. And then from that moment forward, it started a ball rolling. And the power of those words that were said, I've almost looked at words the same way that you would look as a shot that comes out of a gun. I'll never forget, I was went hunting with a guy when we were with Jay Adams. We were out walking through the woods today. I think we were duck hunting today. And he looked at me, he says, and he's got a real, real thick southern accent. He said, Trevor, I want to tell you something. He said, when you take that gun and when you pull that trigger, he said, you can never take it back. It's gone. And I, you know, I'm thinking about it. It's so simple, but 
You know, it's true. You can never take it back. Folks, the same thing is true with our words. When we say something, it can set forth some kind of course that's going forward that we can never take back. There was this example. Maybe some of you heard this years ago. You ever seen those big submarines that are underwater? Uh, I guess, I don't know what class they are. But boy, they'll, they'll push that button and that submarine will it'll shoot up out of the water real fast. The water will spray everywhere. And several years ago, I remember seeing a news story where one of the guys, they were, this was an American submarine. They wanted to do one of those things and launch that boat up out of the water. And so they got everything ready. They pushed the button, and man, they, they launched it, and that submarine shot up out of the water. And as big as the ocean is, I don't know how they missed it. They ran into another boat that was floating around upon the surface. They hit a big, like a big fisherman's boat. I'm thinking, how did you not see that thing, you know? And, and I'm thinking, wow. But, but there again, they probably wish they could have took it back, but they couldn't. Ladies and gentlemen, there is power when it comes to these things, those, those little buttons, those little controls, that tongue that you have, the tongue that I have, can control the very course of our lives. And we can never forget how much power there is in that. So folks, I want to show you something number two that comes with this. With that power can also come a very strong devastation. Look at verse number four. Behold also the ships, which though they be so great, are driven of the fierce winds... Yet are they turned about with a very small helm, whithersoever the governor listeth. Even so, the tongue is a little member, and boasteth great things. Behold, how great a matter a little fire kindleth. Behold, how great a matter a little fire kindleth. Now, here's where things get kind of hairy for us. You know, while we say things, you know how we say we can never take it back? Think about, and we understand this in Montana more than other places. Uh, I remember the first time that that summertime hit, and the first time that a smoke blew into town. You know, I didn't know anybody. I hadn't met anyone here in town yet, and I was thinking, what is happening? Because I know the smell of fire when I smell it. And so I got on the phone, I called one of my buddies, I said, man, do I need to leave town because everything smells like smoke, and I've heard something about fires? He says, oh, man, there's no telling where that thing is. So smoke will come in from miles away. And it was just last year, we were, uh, well, we were over in, I think it was, we were going to Plains, Montana. And man, there's a big old fire out there. And when you got into town, you couldn't get, get away from it. It was coming in through the air vents of your car. It was in your house. It was smelting your clothes. And, and man, that, that stuff was everywhere. And it's amazing what these wildfires are caused by. I mean, just, just a little spark. I mean, it could be someone flicking out a cigarette out of their car, and then pff, acres burned. Uh, we heard about one fire that was started by a bird that, that had a snake. It was carrying around a snake. And then the snake happened to clip a, a power line or something, hit a transformer, and the snake and the bird fried, more or less, and they fell down, and that started one of the fires. And they went and they tracked it down or whatever, and they figured out that's what started it. I don't know how they figured it out, but they did. I'm thinking, man, it's amazing how does a little spark can cause so much devastation. Ladies and gentlemen, you know your tongue could do the same thing in your lives? Think about this. Something so small, something so simple, what if you were to maybe tell just a little white lie to your wife or to your husband? No big deal, right? It's probably not going to hurt anybody. But next thing you know, that thing has just spun totally out of control, and now your husband or wife is not able to look at you the same way because of that small little white lie. Have you ever said something unkind to someone that maybe, you know, maybe you really didn't mean it to go anywhere. You were just trying to be, what's the word, passive aggressive. You know, you were just being a little sarcastic about something. You didn't, you didn't mean any harm. You were just, hey, you were just fooling around. You were just joking. 
But man, it caused some devastation. I'll never forget, I had one of my buddies in high school. <laughs> he was mad at me once for probably, oh man, I'll say about a month. Oh, he was upset at me. Because me, me, and, me and my buddy, we, were, we, were, um, we went to this ball game. And it was during basketball and volleyball season. So all the guys, we had finished playing our games. And the girls, they were getting ready to start their volleyball games. And my buddy, uh, he looks at me. And, if, yeah, I'll go ahead and say his name. That will help with the story. His name's Caleb. So me and my buddy Caleb, we were sitting there. And uh, we were, oh, goodness, 15 or something. And so you know what the guys are doing? They're talking about the girls they want to date. Of course. And so he says, oh, man, yeah, that man, this girl over here, oh, she's so pretty. I'm thinking about asking her out on a date. I'm thinking, what? Her? Really? And her name was Brandy. And so <laughs> me and he and I, we had kind of separated. We went our own different ways throughout the game. And, and so me and Caleb's older brother, Josh, we sat down and we started talking. And then I don't know how it come up. I was like, oh, man, yeah, you know, Caleb, he's even got a crush over here on Brandy. And he looked at me and he says, what? And so then Josh went and told everybody. I mean, everybody in the school found out that my best friend Caleb had a crush on Brandy. And I want to tell you something. Caleb got mad at me. I mean, I'm serious. He didn't talk to me for like a month or a month and a half. And, you know, for, for guys to have all this kind of drama, don't ever think that guys don't have drama that girls do, because sometimes they do, right? And I was upset. I'm thinking, oh, man, why did I ever tell Josh what Caleb had told me? I should have I just kept my mouth shut. And, you know, I'll tell you something. I brought a whole lot of hurt on myself because I didn't control my tongue. It didn't affect just me. It affected him. It affected Josh. It affected the rumor that spread throughout the whole school because of what came out of my tongue. Folks, that's fire. That's devastation. You can, you can bring destruction on yourself. You can bring destruction on your family. You can bring destruction on your friends. There is an absolute wildfire that can start if we do not keep our tongues and the things we say in check. And I realize sometimes those things, they just kind of they come up maybe because we're mad. Maybe because we're, I don't know, maybe just because we're not thinking. You know that old saying, think before you speak? Right? There, there's a reason that that's a saying. Think before you speak because these words are going to be good words. Folks, there's devastation. Look what it says that it'll do to us. Let's continue reading verse number six. And the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. So is the tongue among our members that it defileth the whole body. It defileth the whole body. Folks, I want you to think of this. Do you realize that the words that you say, they will affect your whole reputation? The way people see you, the way people think you act, the way people think you are at home, the words that come out of your mouth will affect your entire reputation. And that can help you or that can hurt you. That can help your reputation. That can hurt your reputation. That can defile every bit of you. Have you ever heard of someone... They have the reputation. Hey, what do you think about, you know, Jim Bob over here? Ah, oh, man, I know that guy. He's a liar. I wouldn't trust that guy as far as I could throw him. You ever heard that one before? Where does that come from? From the words that Jim Bob says. Because of what comes out of his mouth. His entire reputation, his business, the things that people know about him, they are defiled. Think about a reputation with a guy that's a contractor. Hey, what about this guy? Does he, does he do dis decent work? Yeah, man, he does good work. But listen, he cheated me out of $3,000. He's never going to be hired again in this town, would he? 
because of what he did and the words that are being said because of his reputation. Folks, we can never forget what comes out of our mouth. It can cause so much of a look upon us, whether we say kind words or whether we say evil words. You know, there's some people that I'm thinking of a guy right now. And from what I understand, I've only met him a couple times, but he left this impression on me. He was a guy back in North Carolina. His name was Kilroy. My mom would know him. And he's a guy that whenever he walked into a room, you couldn't help but start smiling. You ever met anybody like that? I mean, he was, he was obnoxiously good to be around. Man, he walks into the room, and as soon as he walks in, hey, everybody, man, how's things going? And he'd come up, man, he'd shake your hand. He was giving everybody hugs, and, and he was just telling jokes, and he was, man, he was just laughing. And you loved being around that guy. That was his whole reputation. There was another guy at a church we went to. His name was Frank. I can't remember his last name, but Frank was a guy. He would come into church, and the only thing the guy owned was a pair of overalls. That was it. And man, he, he, he had a rough life. He had, you know, just, just he had the look of the world on him. But man, when you walked up to him, just one of the most loving and friendly guys you'd ever meet. He would always stuff his pocket full of peppermints. And every time you walk up to him, he'd dig in his pocket. Hey, man, I'll give you a mint. And he'd shake your hand and tell you how, how good it is. Man, the Lord's just so good today. And man, you love being around the guy. Why did we think he was such a wonderful guy? Because of his words. Because of his tongue. Folks, that tongue has got so much power. It can cause a wildfire. It can defile us. It can destroy us. Let's continue looking at verse number 6. The tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. So is the tongue among our members, that it defileth the whole body and setteth on fire the course of nature. And it is set on fire of hell. For every kind of beast and of bird and of serpents and of things in the sea is tamed and hath been tamed of mankind. And this is our next point, and this is the scary one. But the tongue can no man tame. It is an unruly evil full of deadly poison. Folks, this is the application. This is kind of the, the thought. And this is what we have to remember. You know, the Bible says that every animal can be, can be tamed to an extent. I mean, you know, we've, we've seen, you ever been to uh, SeaWorld? And I love seeing these. So see these, these, these dolphins, man, they'll jump up out of the air and they'll do flips and stuff. And then there was one where I saw, uh, I saw a dog. You, know, you can teach a dog to play dead and it'll just, it'll just lay down. It'll play dead, you know. And you, some people use that to an advantage. They'll get their dog to go get their slippers and bring it back to them. You can tame these animals. But the Bible says, while you can tame all these other beasts of the field, you can't tame your tongue. You can tame a horse, put a bit in his mouth, and he'll plow up that field for you. But you can't do that with your tongue. The Bible says the tongue is untamable. Do you know why that is? There's another verse of Scripture in the Bible that helps us understand this. It says that the heart of man is desperately wicked. Who can know it? Now, the Bible says that, that basically deep down inside me, I already know how to sin. The only good part of me is the fact that Jesus forgave me. So with what's deep down inside is just going to be naturally coming out, I'm going to naturally be someone that just has wicked things ready to come out at any given time because I can't tame it. How many of you, and don't raise your hand, but I mean, I would say it becomes to all of us. How many of you have ever said something you wish you hadn't said? Yeah. That's where it's untamable. I mean, you say, wish you said, you, know, you said something, you wish you could take it back. Where did those words come from? Well, I just said it while I was in a fit of rage. Yeah, we were in a fit of rage because we were uncontrollable. We lost control. 
Folks, our tongue is not tameable in that way. It's not a way that we can you know, just always have control over this. So we need to learn to beware. Look what it, look what it says, uh, the difference between the two and how, how there's um, two things it can do. Uh, verse number 9. Therewith bless we God, even the Father, and therewith curse we men, which are made after the similitude of God. Out of the same mouth proceedeth blessings and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not so to be. You know, that's kind of who we are, and we've all done it. I've said blessings, and I've given cursings. I've said things that make people happy. I've said things that I wish I could take them back, that caused pretty big wildfire, right? So what are we to do? If it's not tameable, well, what are, what are we supposed to do about it? Well, folks, this is our hope, and it comes full circle. Come back up to verse number 2. This is our answer. In verse number 2, the Bible says, For in many things we offend all. Right? There's a lot of ways I can give offense. But if any man offend not in word, that means he controls his tongue, the same as a perfect man and able to bridle the whole body. Folks, if we can control our tongue, the Bible says everything else will be in control. And here's what I want us to do this morning. We need to be so full of our Heavenly Father, and so empty of our unruly and wild selves that the only thing comes out is what God put in. Does that make sense? It's kind of like, like a computer. I've got a, I've got a professor. I had a computer professor back in high school, and he used to always get mad at people that didn't, uh, or not mad, he would laugh, rather, at people that got frustrated at their computers. He says, you know, that computer's only going to do what you tell it to. And I'm thinking, no, it doesn't. This thing's got a mind of its own. You know, it's gonna, if it's going to crash, it's just going to do it. But the point he's making is a computer is very simple. What you put in is what you're going to get out. And ladies and gentlemen, if we go our own way, do our own thing, and if just what's naturally inside of me is the only thing that's going to come out, there's probably going to be some cursings in there. There's going to be some sparks of fire that cause me a world of hurt. But if I'm taking the things of God... And I am filling myself with the things of God. If I am filling myself with the scripture, if I'm asking the Lord to help me, Lord, fill me with joy. Lord, fill me with peace. Lord, help me to be someone that gives joy to other people. Lord, fill me with the gospel so I can share the gospel with others. If that's what's deep down inside here, you know what's going to come out? The good stuff. See, it's not that I am able to tame my own tongue. I can't do it by myself. I can't tame my tongue the same way I tame my dog to come and sit and walk, right? I, I, I can't do that. But I want to tell you, God can. God can help me. And if I am able to bridle my tongue, it would almost be sort of like that, that wild horse. You know, you've got a wild stallion. It's wild. It's going to do its own thing. But when it is able to be bridled, it can be used for good. While our tongue is wild and unruly, if I can give my tongue over to God and let God take care of my speech, well, then I'll be a person full of joy. I'll be a person that other people look at and they say, wow, you know, he's an honest guy. Why am I honest? Because God makes me honest. Man, that guy, he just, man, he always makes other people laugh. Why is he such a joyous guy? Because God gave me the joy. Man, that guy's just always got so much peace in his heart. He, yeah, every time I talk to him, he's just... Man, he's cool, he's calm, he's collected. Where does that peace come from? That peace comes from God. See, it's not that I'm taming my tongue. It's that I'm filling my heart with the things of God. And what's on the inside will be what comes out. So ladies and gentlemen, let me ask you. What is on the inside of your heart that is going to come out? 
let's let this be kind of, kind of a warning. Kind of, let, let's, let's take this as almost like a big sign that says, beware, caution. You know, there's, there, there's a chance that something could happen. Your tongue can cause a wildfire in your life. It can destroy your relationships. Your tongue can destroy your marriage. Your tongue can destroy your relationship with your children. Your tongue can run your business into the ground. It can make you lose your job. But your tongue can also be something that does a lot of good for you as well. It's just like that bit, just like the helm of that ship. Man, it can steer that ship wherever it needs to go. Let's be careful with what our tongue does. Let's make sure that we give control of our tongue over to God. Folks, with every head bowed, with every eye closed. Our Heavenly Father, we love you and we thank you for the passage of Scripture that we've seen this morning. Lord, I ask you that you would help us to just be able to take stock of what's going on in our hearts. Help us to take inventory of what we see in there. And Lord, I realize sometimes even in my own life, I'll look deep down inside and I don't like what I see. And then when those things come out, when, that, when those unruly words that get said, I wish I never would have said, when I realize how much power they have, Lord, help me to always give control of my words, of my tongue, of my mouth. Help me to always give control of those things to you. So ladies and gentlemen, with every head bowed, with every eye closed, this is just where we have that time of invitation where we give you an opportunity to do business with the Lord. And I'm going to ask you a few practical things. What do people think about you based off your tongue? What kind of reputation do you have? Because that tongue can defile your entire reputation. Has your tongue ruined some relationships? It's hurt a few of mine before. Why don't we go ahead and commit to the Lord today and, and ask Him to help us to use our tongue for only good. Ask the Lord to fill our hearts with His joy so that our tongue will be used to, to spread peace and the gospel. God in heaven, we thank you for what it is you've done today. Lord, I'm so thankful for the scriptures and thankful for the word of God. And Lord, thank you for the warning that you've given us. Lord, we, we understand and we've all seen firsthand the account of what our words can do, the pain that they can cause others, and the joy they can cause others. Lord, I pray that you would fill us so much with the Holy Ghost and everything that comes out of us will be only good. I pray that you would work in us in a way that you would see fit. Now, Lord, bless us as we get ready to, to leave here and to go our own ways. I pray you help us have a good day today and, and to honor you. Lord, I pray you bless each and every person that's here. Lord, I thank you for them coming and, and bless us as we can get ready to go about the rest of our weeks. We love you, Jesus, and in your name, amen. Okay, well, folks, thank you so much for being here again today. Again, tonight we'll have our evening service at 4 o'clock, and so we'll have our, have our Bible study. And remember, that note in your bulletin, that was... A mistake. You know, the June 19th was, was last week. So we'll still have our midweek service uh, as regularly scheduled at 630. Okay, love you guys, and we're dismissed.